so incredible ever since the day we became we became so personal every day that i spend with you it gets unforgettable anything that i did with you i don't regret it all i love everything about you take away oh yeah your golden platinum chains and i'm gonna love you babe cause i'm gonna love love you anyway Okay, okay, okay. Don't, I can't allow you to disrespect (laughs) Nicole Ray like this. That was tweet. No, well, yes, tweet. Either way, Charlene, I can't (laughs) allow you because they were singing. And that's my favorite part. You just kind of glazed over it. You, no, I love everything about you. Yeah. You just glazed right over it. I'm just like, that's the best part of the whole song. Well, I was trying to catch all of them. Oh, love you. Yes. Yes. I'm going to have to dust that one off. Okay. Right? Blow the smoke off of it. A jail. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. We're back again to talk about the scam that is adulting. Adulthood being the worst hood we've ever, ever endeavored to live in. The good, the... The ghetto. Indeed. The good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord 2020. It's tax time. Um, it is tax time. I'm filing an extension. I just need that. I just I told Nikita just go ahead and do it right now because I don't even have the mental bandwidth. <laughs> I know that we are we have time, but I just know that I, I just can't. I need time. We got to oh put gosh, it off. We got to. I got to put it off now. I've I've ascended to that place where tax time is not something that I enjoy. It's like oh dang. No, I see why my parents and 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 my father was a business owner, so I see why they stressed the way that they did so much it's now. just the ghetto the ghetto oh my god well how are you i am doing i'm doing well i can't complain um busy but blessed and i don't have any yes. i don't have any complaints what's going on yes iphone <laughs> iphone emoji <laughs> praise hands uh, <laughs> i was trying to figure out what that was those are the praise why, hands those are why the emojis. are they the thumbs <laughs> The thumbs connect. <laughs> Isn't that what they do on there? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help us. Uh, these are the light-skinned <laughs> ones. Oh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm coming off of D.C., but we'll get to that in a yeah, moment. Yeah. Uh, coming back in town and, you know, getting ready to head right back on out of town on Same. Friday. I'm, I head back and... out of town on Wednesday. Huh? <laughs> Oh, yes. yes. Look Woo. at us. Just just painting the airports setting, red. huh? Oh my God. I'm so not excited about it. What a time to be it. alive, right? Used to be like, oh man, I got a trip. Now it's like, oh man, I got a trip. Nah, Jesus. I got a trip. And I'll, all I do is put out prayers and manifestations that the TSA don't be on their bullshit. Well, you know, I just feel you like know. I just be trying to just survive. You know mm. what I'm saying? The airport is really the jungle. It really is. And I've done everything in my life to try to make it as easy as everything, possible. The everything. damn uh, t- the pre-check, pre-check clear. clear. I, I, I'll take the electronics out even though I don't even have to at this point. I'm just like, bruh, I don't want no smoke. Can we just get me through this thing so I can go get a breakfast sandwich before I get on this flight? Straight like that. And pee because your girl doesn't pee on the airplane. But, um... But yes, I'm doing well. I'm grateful to be breathing. And we got trash to get into. So let's get into it. Ole. 
Do it. Okay, so I hate to start the trash off like this, but we have had quite a few deaths um, in the past week, and it's in the past in the in the top of this year. It's just been kind of a crazy start. Um, First and foremost, Pop Smoke, twenty-year-old rapper from Brooklyn, um, out of Canarsie, actually was killed last week, I believe. Um, It was originally believed to be a robbery. And then um, I think there, as investigation has gone on, they've 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 come to the conclusion that it was a hit, um, which is really disappointing. And I hope that this is a lesson, especially to the young people who are listening, to just be really mindful about the people that you have around you, and be really careful about the energy that you have around you and who you allow in your life, because everybody is not here for you. So. Um, our condolences to this young man and his family and his loved ones. Uh, he was emerging in the music industry. He was starting to really create a name for himself. Um, and it's really sad. It's really, really sad. He was only 20 years old. So we send our condolences to the loved ones. Um, also, uh, NASA mathematician Katherine Johnson, know. Uh, we know that one, she was one of the characters uh, who was based, who they based on in Hidden Figures. Um, she passed away, but she was 101 years old. And if you know anything about Katherine Johnson, you know that she has accomplished more than you and your children and your grandchildren probably will. So, uh, including myself, so that's no shade. <laughs> so, but you know, she passed away at 101 years old, and we know that that is a full life. She's lived a full life, and so that is such a blessing. But also condolences because it's never it's never a good thing when people are lost. But we know, but we're grateful when people are able to live their full lives. Um, also, Janet Dubois. Oh, Walona. Oh, Walona, the best character out of oh, Good Times, hands down. I am down. legit grieving. I'm grieving all all the ones that you've mentioned. Um, but I know. you know, a, Walona, a style but you know, icon. Walona. My iPad is named Walona. When I got my I just feel like she was a style icon. She was a clapback queen. She was kind of like how I always envisioned myself. Like if watching Mm -hmm. Good Times as a child, it was like, you Mm -hmm. know, Walona was like me. She is me. So uh, Jeanette Dubois. Jeanette, excuse uh, me. Is, uh, will be sorely, sorely missed. Um, Absolutely. Um, and yeah, man. And I believe she was 70. Oh, I don't know. 70, 70 something. In her 70s, maybe. 74, I believe. And then lastly, B. Smith mm. passed away, who was 70 years I mean, old. Got tired of that husband. Listen, she was like, I am absolutely done with the trash like i i just don't i don't even i don't need to absorb this take your rest queen take your rest yes and i hope that you know in you know in her spirit that she's able to really have some peace and now she's in a place where she is not she's not dealing with that any longer like she's in a place of peace and i'm grateful that she's able to be in a place of peace because nobody deserves to live like that and may your that nigga and that and his white queen 
Y'all are going to get yours for that for them trifling ass ways. I just want you to know it. Um, and so that's that's all of those who have passed away. Um, we know today was the Kobe and Gianna tribute. Uh, it was the memorial held at the Staples Center, I believe. Um, and so we uh, you know, I just continue to pray for Vanessa and for the children and for those other families who have lost Absolutely. loved ones. And that's it. Um, the NAACP Awards was this weekend. Mm-hmm. It sure was. And our sis Crystal was there in her best purple so wig. <laughs> looking so flawless. Makeup was looking so flawless. She was just really doing the thing. So, but it was many who were there. And I personally very much enjoyed Rihanna's speech. I don't know if you I didn't got a get chance a chance to, to watch it. the whole thing. I saw a clip of it on the shade room or one of those sites. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and of what I heard, uh, you know, she was telling, you know, uh, she was calling out white people. Well, telling the allies to put their money where their mouth is, which I can always get behind. Yeah. Yo, and the way she did it too, she was like, so um, y'all got friends who are like other, other nationalities and religions and, and and races and creeds and all kinds of things, right? She's like, y'all got them as friends, right? And we like, yeah, yeah. She's like, all right, so like them people like you, right? <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, okay, so yeah, tell them that they like they need to speak up too. Then, True indeed. Like, let's be clear here. If you're gonna be my friend, you're gonna be my friend. So I really respected her speech, and it felt like a very sincere speech. So, and then it was a lot of fashions. It was a lot of beautiful fashions. Um, Chloe was there representing for her and her sister because Hallie is finally, they are finally filming The the uh, Little Mermaid. And I'm very interested to see how this turns out. And I'm very excited for Hallie and for us to have a black Ariel. Same. So, um, so that was that. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are no longer allowed to use the Royal Sussex. Okay. So what does that mean? It means they are no longer allowed to call themselves royal anything. Okay. And that's a decree from the queen. And they basically responded back with, a, uh, so we didn't know y'all like own the word, but it's cool. We don't need it. <laughs> so, I mean, they know who we are anyway. <laughs> they know. And they're like, oh, and by the way, we love it's Canada. Nice. So <laughs> we just want y'all to know. So, uh, so I just thought that was funny. Uh, and then, so did you see that they are doing a Saved by the Bell reboot? Now, I felt like, okay, I, okay, um, I saw something, I saw on that, that uh, Lisa Turtle was on the, um, the Breakfast Club. Was she on the Breakfast Club She as was well? on the Breakfast Club talking about you know, I guess her about why they weren't, why she didn't get invited, or how she didn't get invited. Oh, I saw her on Dr. Oz. Okay, so what was she talking about? So she was, so basically, you know, years ago when all of those pictures, uh, you know, surfaced of her, everybody was really concerned because it's like, yo, this don't look like Lisa Turtle. Like, this is, she didn't, she didn't look well and it was really sad. I was concerned myself. So her mother spoke out and was like, she's got bipolar disorder. Um, And then she was, you know, not ready to deal with that. So she was like, no, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about. But it was apparent that, that there was something that was amiss. So 
she was supposed to go on Dr. Oz back then. And, a, and I guess they do a pre-production like interview and all of that. And they were like, she's not ready to come on this show. She actually needs a lot of help. So Dr. Oz connected her to, um, connected her to us, to a, to a therapist and a psychiatrist who was able to help, you know, kind of try, trying to get her, her mental illness together. And so she did an interview on Dr. Oz and it was about her mental illness how it affects her, um, and basically she's got, I forget what the exact diagnosis was, but it's not a, she doesn't have schizophrenia, but she does have multiple voices that try to speak at one time. Mm -hmm. And so her, the way that she articulates herself, it comes out fumbled, like I sound like right now. <laughs> um, but no, I don't mean to make light of, I'm not making light of, but it comes, she's not able to articulate her thoughts. And so because all of her thoughts are basically competing with one another. So that's so they talked a lot about her diagnosis. And then they got into a little bit about the reunion of Saved by the Bell and how it made her feel. And apparently she's completely on board to want to do the reunion. She would love to act. But she's like, I just wasn't asked. And, you know, it hurts my feelings. And if they asked me, I would absolutely 100 percent agree to be a part because we're like a family. But. I think there's just been some distance because of the issues that she was dealing with. Cause she was going, she was dealing with it for a long time. Um, well, so I saw that. Yeah. She seems to be doing better. I know that she still has struggles and she's still, you know, trying to get a grip on it, but it seems like she's a lot better than where she was. So, but it's sad to see a saved by the bell reunion without, without yeah, Elisa I mean, turtle. If they're like, if there's like, no Lisa turtle, I'm I don't good. same. I'm like same. You all like you all have tons of money. You see that somebody is getting themselves together. You're not gonna do your best to try to include them. Like you're not gonna try to. I'm not. I understand. I understand. Screech now. <laughs> Screech had some issues, and Screech, Screech got some 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 things he got going on, and it's probably not the best. And I heard he didn't get along with the cast members originally well anyway. So I can understand that. But I'm like, come on, y'all, like. People, all kinds of people have issues. Like, let her get herself together and don't, don't, don't exclude the one black cast member y'all had on the damn show in the first place. A.C. Slater and Jesse Spano do not make up for the fact that Lisa Turtle will not be there. Um, lastly, oh, actually, two more things. So, quickly, Elizabeth Warren let the chopper spray at the Democratic yeah. debates. <laughs> <laughs> and that's we just wanted I to just make sure we like acknowledge that Annie up before she went out absolutely dish down for my niggas <laughs> like she she got she listened to the entire get rich or die trying <laughs> album whatever it was that was going to amp her up is what she listened to some rough writers and some dipset like she was ready to go and came out let the whole chopper spray and i just want to let everybody else in the country who has never dealt with bloomberg before I just want y'all to know this stopping for shit was very That's not real. What you want. I just feel like y'all, y'all, like y'all should have asked somebody. Y'all, y'all, just ask, please. This is not what you want. He the during the stop and frisk period, I was not stopping, but the checkpoints that the police would set up on a nightly basis. You just driving down the street, and these niggas just have a whole checkpoint where they just stop and they pull out a whole row, pull over a whole row of cars. They check everybody's registration, everybody's license, everybody's anything because they're just trying to catch people. So this is not what y'all. This is not what we want. This is literally just a more calculated and uh, uh, prettier version. Of, it's lipstick on a pig. It's a prettier version of what we have now. You don't want that. So. 
that's just I that's just something I wanted to put out there. And then lastly, um, and we're gonna get into this a little bit more in another kitchen table talk in a further in another in another episode. But Boosie. Oh Boosie. Boosie had some real nasty, ugly, transphobic things to say as it um, pertains to Zaya Wade and Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Wade's parenting. And then his son followed behind him and has some even nastier things well, to I say. Didn't hear about that. Now, we're not, oh yeah, had some very foul things to say. Now, I'm not going to repeat the things that were said because it's not necessary. But the conversation that we would like to have in the future, but we did just want to touch on briefly is like generational toxicity like passing down that type of passing down that type of mentality is so dangerous and i love that we're living in a world that's more progressive and we're able to um show more respect and give people what they need but we need to be very mindful about what we're passing down to our future generations and realize that a lot of the ignorant thinking that we have is definitely something that's going to be perpetuated and it's going to it's going to continue to be passed down and it's got to stop somewhere. So we can get on we can get into that a little bit later on, but I just want to say for Boosie and his son, y'all can both go to hell. Um and that's that. That's the trash <laughs> this week. <laughs> Let's get into some goodness. Let's get into some shout outs. Let's do it. <clears throat> My sister's popping right now like I'm so excited to shout out my sisters. Um, oh, yes. because this is uh, yeah. Well, I'll be shouting out all of the um, black women business owners and entrepreneurs who served as <coughs> vendors um, and uh, swag bag sponsors at the brunch noir team typing fast event that we just recently had this past weekend. That was amazing. Um, yes, it was. And I'm really excited to be able to spotlight these awesome women and their awesome uh, products and services. So first up, we have, I feel like I'm, I hope I don't say this incorrectly. Please forgive me. I think it's the Adiaha Ayo collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these are specialty um, beaded uh, bracelets and jewelry. Um, and, uh, she offers aromatherapy bracelets that are, um, so not only are they beautiful, um, but they are, um, um, and they, they have significant meaning as far as like, you know, what kinds of crystals and stones are used to, uh, in the, in the crafting of the beads, but they also have been, um, you know, they're features certain essential oils, essential scents. And this particular one. Um, the one that all of the um, attendees received was called um, uh, the Lux Noir Pink, uh, the Lux Noir bracelet that features um, pink jade and uh, black lava. Um, and, mm. and the scent, I believe, is lavender. Um, and so uh, shout out to, um, I, I hope I'm saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have... <laughs> I think it's a Adia Adiaha Ayo Adiaha Ayo Adiaha Ayo Adiaha. I'm so sorry. The Adiaha Ayo collection, um, and her uh, website is adiahaayo.com, and her Instagram. All of that stuff will will be in the description box. Um, and yes, it will. Um, I believe if you use the 
um, code Brunch Noir twenty, you can get twenty percent off your next purchase. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. And we also have um, we all attendees received glow up facial oil um, that is uh, that was uh, presented by Outbar, which is um, a, a, a salon. That features hair care products and facial products and all those kinds of things. So this particular uh, oil is rich in fatty acids. Um, the non-pore clogging. This, non this non-pore clogging all-natural facial oil will give you amazingly soft glowing skin. And even your skin tone uh, while softening um, your skin without leaving a greasy feeling. Um, and again, that's uh, by, brought to us by the Outbar Salon. And their, mm -hmm. their um, information will be included um, in the description box um, as well. Truffle Heat. Ooh. Truffle Heat is a specialty um, truffle and garlic infused hot sauce. Um, I used uh, between <laughs> myself, my friend Nicole, and two other ladies at our end of the table. We used almost an entire bottle during the brunch. It's really good. And then I purchased three for myself <laughs> um, when one from my purse. <laughs> I did. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is delicious. It's not overwhelming. I know people hear truffle and they're like, what no that's it can get very strong no it's not overwhelming it's like the perfect balance of garlic and truffle and heat and and taste <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> it's really good um it's really mm. tasty and i'm not a hot sauce kind of girl but it really does add wonderful flavor You're i'm not? not i don't really hot sauce um uh, only on oh, certain wow. select things but like i have to really oh. Like very, like I very rarely ask for it, but I'm not a, I'm not really a hot sauce girl, but I know that I did have some of this at the brunch and it really just sets your plate off something proper. Like, so you can mm. get your bottle, you can get your truffle, um, hot sauce needs taken care of at truffleheat.com. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, all the information will be provided to you in the uh, description box. Um, next, uh, we were graced with, um, a, a wonderful signature scent by the name of Noir, um, mm. brought to us brought to us by our sister Nikki of Zen in a Jar. Now you know she's a she's a crowd a fave. Crowd favorite. It's really amazing. Um, this this particular scent is very like it's 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 light, but it's and, and it's and it's um, sweet, but it's still very grown to me. So it mm -hmm. doesn't, and it's not old lady sweet either. It's a very, mm -hmm. very, you know, it's it's real. It's really just black excellence for your olfactory senses, like really and truly, yes. like you. So please, y'all go and patronize Nikki. You will not be sorry. All of her products are amazing. Your skin deserves this luxury. Please believe me. Oh, um, and it is God. so so good. And then and this noir scent, I believe, comes in the body butter and everything. So um, get your needs met. Get mm -hmm. your needs met. Uh, also, oh, please, if I may please. interject into this interject. one. <clears throat> so we always talk about Nikki scents, her oils, her butters. They are beyond everything. My entire family uses them from Noah, Tristan, his beard. They steal all of my <laughs> shit. It is like it's a thing at this point. But ladies, 
and I would not say this if I did not personally endorse it. She shut the fuck <laughs> up. She makes <laughs> a lady wash. Ooh, yes, indeed. Which is based with aloe vera and coconut oil, which we know is um, it balances your pH and fight its antifungal and so forth. And just and it doesn't, you know, it's not scented, but it is very clean. And I have, I just, I love it. It's called Supernatural. (laughs) Justifiably so. (laughs) And so make sure you guys check out zeninajar.com. Her information will be in the description box. My girl, she does her thing. Okay, continue. All right. Um, our our good our good sis Wumi. We featured her a couple of weeks ago. Wumi was also yeah. a um, a sponsor um, at Team Typing Fast Brunch Noir and gifted everyone. Um, I mean, she had her her waist beads and other beaded jewelry available for purchase mm-hmm. there at the brunch, and um, everyone you know just it's and I mean waist beads are like my shit now. I mean, I feel like they I love always, waist beads and I love wombies. Yes, they always they always have been, but I just something about it. It's just it's just just enough, right? So good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, check out Wumi, um, Beast by Woo on Instagram, and it's just also amazing and everything. Um, and finally, we have um, Angela of Prisca's Art, um, who specializes in Afrocentric wearable art, where excellence meets elegance, and she makes customized. Or she makes um, customized African pieces. Um, yes, Ankara, Ankara prints, prints and... all kinds of just really pretty. She sells uh, beautiful necklaces. She has um, it's just like lot, lot, all head wraps. She offers head wrap services, um, and specifically yes. for our um, listeners, I think if you use the code Brunch Noir fifteen. I will make sure that that's right, but I believe it's Brunch Noir 15. You get 15% off your purchase. So um, you can find her website and her Instagram where you can order um, um, her products. But listen, I bought a bag. She has like awesome little clutch (laughs) purses. She had a fanny pack that Mm -hmm. I was really into. Um, I bought the big bag with the wooden, like the the wooden bamboo Mm -hmm. handle. Yes, Mm -hmm. very pretty. Um, uh, There was a a dress that I had my eye on. So I'm going to definitely be heading to the website to get my things. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, while we still got a couple of days left in Black History Month, you should just go on over there and uh, get your things. But um, we also had, I think that's, I think that's everyone. Um, shout out to Camille Rose uh, of Camille Rose Naturals. Yes. Um, we had some product uh, that we put in the sweat bags from um, for for the event as well. So I'm just so and uh, I'm uh, sorry. I want to shout okay. out the team typing fast Yay. team. I want to shout out Dr. Takia Robinson, the Moth Agency, District of Instant Design. Let me tell you all something. It was so beautiful. I watch, you know, events are, they are not easy. And I, Kia's event is beautiful. And I have watched the growth, you know, and from, from, from the very first one until now, it just continues to get better and better. The food, absolutely amazing. Shout out to Tamarind Tree so Catering. Good. And... <clears throat> Y'all know, I, Auntie Miss Denise. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I was telling the girls, I mean, we ate. It was like, y'all, we ate. Shrimp and the grits, but it was, was like a curry good, shrimp. Good. 
we potatoes the egg my homegirl was like yo the eggs are season i was like hello the eggs we had fruit we had a waffle station the the jerk wings my god everything was so good <laughs> jerk wings fry with i was everything trying to get the girls dishy. back get their attention when we was trying to come together to start the panel and and the girls was face down in plates like i'm sorry yo like, and there was like plenty so of good. like it was food left yeah. over bacon and sausage and oatmeal cinnamon grits uh, sugar oatmeal and, and uh, grits and the coffee was already mixed with the cream and sugar and it was blue mountain jamaican coffee and it was it was just it was lovely it was, it was lovely so and it was the food cake for was days amazing. everything was good. the cake was delicious the rolls everything. were delicious <laughs> my nigga everything was the the root vegetables the root, yes i mean a brussels sprout Okay. So Hello. It inspired my dish tonight, but I'll get to that in the Black Woman Self Care. But anyway, I just wanted to shout you out, sis. Thank I wanted you. to shout out your entire team, the Mob Agency, for helping to bring everything together. District of Vincent Design, Sophia, you did everything came together beautifully. Okay, from the candles to the to the floral arrangements to the tablecloths, it was a be it was a beautiful space. The marketplace downstairs with the sponsors slash vendors. It was just I want to shout you all out because it was and it was empowering. It was a wonderful event. It was it felt good. It was all black women in the space, you, and you are really doing important work. And I want to make sure that you get your thank due you praise. so much. We are we are really grateful. I, I, like I told the ladies on Saturday, I feel like this is my service um, to create these kinds of spaces, and I recognize that you know. We're living in a time and this is a market where everyone everyone feels like they're doing some women some sort of empowerment for women. Um and I don't I don't knock anybody else's anybody else's hustle. Uh, I'm just saying I, I I really am intentional about creating the spaces that I wish I had. Um, especially mm -hmm. when I was coming up in some of my formative experiences as a young student and professional. And I think that there's just like community is not something it's something that we take for granted. It's something that comes inherent to us as women of color. But if we don't practice it, um, it's, it's something that we can lose um, our natural proclivity to do. So we come yes. together and think about ways that we can support each other and sustain each other and lean on and learn from each other. So it's my hope that we can continue to create these spaces um, in different places around the country and around the world even. So I appreciate Jay for always being there, always having my back. Um, she was my copious host. Always will. Copious host and led the girls in a rousing game of song associations, <laughs> um, you know, to kind of break the ice and get everyone in the mood. And it really did set the tone because we had an awesome time. Every, it was laughs and, mm -hmm. and insight and wisdom. And it was just so, so good. Um, and all to the tune of, of, of amazing chicken. So we are just yes. grateful. And um, like Jay said, I could not have done this by myself. Shout out to everyone on my team who helped, um, and will and who you know continues to help us to do this work so shout out to y'all and we're excited about what's to come yes and with that being said let's move on to this kitchen table okay, okay, okay. when you need red wine at 4 p.m sushi at 9 p.m a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m and ibuprofen at 10 a.m post made it Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly ever want or need. 
24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Postmates will bring you what you need when you need it. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver it to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for the free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving you our great, amazing, awesome listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code GROWN. That's code GROWN, G-R-O-W-N, for $100 American dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code GROWN. Let me tell you, you can definitely track your delivery in real time. That is truly a thing, I promise. Postmates, code GROWN. Getting into debt is easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score. <sighs> Y'all, I, I, needed, I needed Upstart. I needed Upstart early in my life when I was having credit issues, <laughs> when, when I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I was 18 years old and I had a Cheerios Capital <laughs> One card. But, you know, I have since learned and, and you can do the same thing. Upstart actually rewards you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate to help you pay off high interest credit card debt. They make it fast, simple and easy to check your rate. And since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com grown to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash grown. Honestly? Truly. Okay, so we've been getting quite a few honesty boxes, and we haven't done this in a while. So we're going to do a mailbag episode this week where we get into a few honesty boxes. And I have one here to start. Oh, yay. And they say, you may read this on your show and use my All name. All right. She said, I ain't okay. I ain't never scared. My niggas, my niggas, good day to you ladies. First of all, let me say how wonderful it is to be addressing the both of you. A month ago, I Googled podcasts to listen to and clicked on yours. Ever since, I'm mad that I hadn't started listening sooner. I cackle at work while my hating ass coworkers look at me mad as hell because I'm giddy, but I digress. On to the issue. I've started listening from the very first episode, so I'm about two years behind, but I just listened to the Art of No episode. This struck a chord with me because of my current dilemma. My oldest sister died at the end of 2019 at the age of 34. Our condolences. We grew up with all girls in the house and she helped to raise the rest of us. As you can imagine, it was similar to losing a parental but much more petty uh, figure. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I miss talking to her because, as Kia mentioned in a previous episode at Family Functions, you could just look at each other and not have to say anything about that one aunt that's cutting up. It just seems my other sisters and I don't share that same sentiment. Anyways, not only did she leave behind three younger sisters, but she left behind two sons, one at the age of 10 and one six. 
All the stereotypes you can imagine about boys is true with these babies. They have a plethora of energy, are always dirty for some reason, and the youngest asks many, many, many questions. Oh, let, let me tell you, six, <laughs> six. I'm like, bruh, do you like, how is there an off switch? But I'm sorry. Um, that I am unsure of how to answer. We weren't like this as kids. So it's been difficult to try and find what works. Their father, a sorry ass nigga is not present in their lives. As a result, my parents have gone from grandparents to legal guardians in the blink of an eye. It's been really hard on them. I live in Baltimore and they live an hour away in Pennsylvania. I try to get there on weekends as much as I can help out with the boys while also allowing myself time to be alone and decompress. However, I still feel guilty when I give myself time, especially now because the stress has begun to affect my parents' marriage. My family perceives me to be a responsible and well-put-together young adult, and I believe this is why everyone is relying so heavily on me. But rest assured, I feel that I'm falling apart at the seams trying to grieve and move on at the same time. My younger sister is not present enough to be reliable at home, and my older sister lives all the way in Timbuktu. So as you can imagine, it feels that all of the pressure to help out has just rested itself on my shoulders. I'm 23. <clears throat> I unshout out to my fellow middle children, is what she said. I know you both have spoken about dealing with deaths in the family, especially Kia, who lost her brother. I would like some opinion on what you think could be wise in this situation, even though I know you're not a professional, as it pertains to taking care of myself, these boys, and my parents. I apologize for the longevity of the email, but my heart is heavy. I love y'all so much in a lot of ways. Y'all remind me of my sister. And this is, she said, Maya No Angelou. Mm. Maya, um, welcome to the kitchen table. Um, and we're yes. so glad that you found us. We honestly, um, you know, wrap our arms around you um, as you yes. deal with this really challenging, challenging thing. Um, unfortunately, we are in the club that no one wants to be in um, and that we have um, the experience of losing a sibling. Um, and... I don't necessarily know that there are words um, that adequately describe um, what that kind of loss feels like. Um, but I guess I, I, I'm here as um, proof positive that it is something that we can learn to, um, I don't want to say survive, but exist within um but i guess maybe survive is appropriate but um i think the thing is though uh you don't really know there's no magic there's no silver bullet there's no magic pill that you know guarantees that you're gonna feel better i wish i could tell you that um you know, after a certain amount of time or you just get to a place, I wish I could tell you that, but that I don't feel like that would be the truth. Um, and I care too much to, to lie to you. Um, the truth of the matter is this is hard. Um, but I believe that we are given these burdens because even though it doesn't feel like it, we have what it takes to bear them. Um, so that being said, I want you to give yourself space. Um, and I welcome, I, I mean, I think if it were me, um, 
in your in your shoes um with respect to having to learn how to care for your family um given i mean through your grief um i just wish that we as people of color would get to the place where we don't where where we own it where we don't try to Mm -hmm. get through it so quickly where we create space Mm -hmm. in our life for it where it's not like negatively sanctioned one of the one of the things that i found to be most annoying and still find to be most annoying in kind of navigating my grief process is you know people who try to rush me through it um i think you got to create space in your life for this because grief is not just grieving the presence of your loved one in your life it's it's Mm -hmm. grieving you know all the hopes and, and dreams and, and thoughts that you had, like all the plans that you had, the li- the imaginations, the way that you pictured your life with this person, the way that you that you, you know, all of your all of the things that you envisioned for yourself and your family, you know, you have to learn how to recast all of that. Um, given, you know, given the fact that, that your loved one has transitioned and the the facts are that's hard, right? <laughs> like that's not something that like that's something that you literally have to to deal with every day in one way or another. Um, so I wish that people would acknowledge that for me um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, make it okay for me to grieve the way I needed to grieve when I need to grieve. Cause you know, my grief looks different, right. From time, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's laying down and being sad and quiet. Other times it's remembering, finally remembering, uh, my brother and thinking about amazing times that we've had and laughing at his jokes and closing my eyes and hearing his voice. So sometimes, you know, my grief is more palpable than others. It's more apparent than others, but I'm still very much carrying it around. So I, I would say if I, I, I admonish you to sort of create space in your life for your fit, for your, for your grief and, to give yourself grace in acclimating to this new normal and um, trying to cultivate the practices of, of self care. I mean, and I'm not just saying that to be cliche, but you have to learn how to practice, how to take care of yourself because nobody knows, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have lots of models for what that looks like in practice. So it's going to take some trial and error and it's going to take some diligence Um, on your part but you have to be intentional about figuring out what it is that you need to you know be restored and feel renewed and to kind of you know find your way through this so I don't know I feel like I'm doing Mm -hmm. a lot of talking I hope I'm being helpful but I just am offering to you um, that it is okay for you to feel all the things that you are feeling Um, it is a part of your process it is necessary and let your grief stand as a testament, as a monument to the bond that you shared with your sibling. Like you're supposed to be messed up. Don't let nobody tell you that um, you're not allowed. And that goes for everyone in your family. So the mm-hmm. ways that you create space for yourself, I would try to create a culture where that space is, some, is, is allowed for everyone who's grieving in whatever ways they grieve. Talk about your grief out loud. Um, give it sound. Don't just kind of 
ruminate in your own head about it, but get in the space. Like me and my mom get in the space. We never said we wanted to get tired of talking about Brian. We never said that we wanted to feel like it was something that we weren't allowed to do. It wasn't permitted to do something that we needed to get over doing. Brian is still very much a part of my family. He's still central. His presence is still felt. So we're going to talk about him. And that's just what it is. Don't feel like you got to rush through and you can't, you can't kind of sit with that anymore. So I don't know. I feel like I'm just doing way too much talking, but, um, no, you, you, this is something that you all have in common and that you should speak on. I have not experienced losing a sibling. And so I don't want to speak out of turn on that. Um, the only thing I will offer, and it's not in, in, it's, it's not, it doesn't pertain to that because I don't, like I said, I don't want to speak out of turn in that way. You mentioned, um, a lot of things falling on your shoulders and kind of being the one to look being the one who's looked at as the sh- the strong person who can kind of handle things. I will piggyback off of Kia and fully agree with her where I would say, take your time and take your space to do the things that you need to do to grieve. Um, and just kind of something to keep in perspective is, cause I know even, you know, with my family and different things, or even just with my personality, my personality is, is, is more so to kind of jump in and do things as you know, that's just, kind of who I am and with that I realized that's a certain strength that I'm grateful for but I also have realized that I need to take moments for myself and try to find the balance between doing the two and sometimes that's hard because there are people who will not pick up the slack in your family and you know that they're not going to pick up the slack and you know that you're going to do it but I would just I would just I would just admonish you the same as what Kia said to just consistently make sure that you're thinking about yourself as well and taking this, the space and the moments that you need in order to rejuvenate um, and grieve and just, you know, get what you need in, in general. So I hope that was helpful, Maya. Um, and please keep us updated on, you know, your progress and and how you're doing, just how you're doing in general. It doesn't have to be progress, but how you're doing in general. Yeah. Because we are, like Kia said, we have our arms wrapped around you and we do care. Um, Let's move on to our next honesty box, which is um, in a similar vein, but different. But they would like your perspective. And I think you might have some good things to say. So she says, hi, family. It took a long time to write this and even longer to come to grips with the fact that I needed help. I'm 25 years old and a teacher in New Orleans. I graduated at 21 from a university and plan to come home to live with my brother as I helped him to get his life together. My brother, oh, I'm not going to go into all of that, but um, she, her brother had some, some difficulties and some legal issues, and she said somewhere in the back of my head I believed I could save him by coming home. Two weeks after I graduated, my brother was shot and killed. Of course, the news hit me in a way I could not imagine. I turned to alcohol and lived for three years in deep grief, pain, and anger as I struggled to piece my life together. My brother, who was just 18 months younger than me, was gone. On top of having these dreams, he was not dead, just disappeared. I struggled in my job. I teach black kids in the city and saw my brother in all of them. One day I decided or finally saw it fit to pull myself out of a depression. I go to therapy every three weeks after going two times a month for two years. 
I have a curb on my drinking and established relationships with most of my friends. Unfortunately, one part of my life is still missing, religion. Before my brother died, I was the one who brought their significant others to church. In, in college, both of my significant others developed relationships with the Lord. In a, twist of, in a twisted turn of fate, I have lost my beliefs. Mm. I read my devotional and talked to my granny about the Lord, but I find it hard, very hard, to reconcile what has happened to me. I miss my brother, and amidst the Kobe things, I find myself like the older daughter, the one who had the panic attack learning her sister and father passed. I missed being in communion with the Lord, but I am afraid. I am afraid that I will become rooted in his word just to have my life pulled apart again. The short of it, what you do to reestablish your, the short of it, what did you do to reestablish your faith in him? Please, desperate for a way to survive. Whoa, I'm triggered. Um, (laughs) um, I know you've spoken on this, so I thought this might be helpful. Does she have a name or she wants us to give her one? She did not give it, and she did not tell us we could use her, so we can give her a name. I will call her Melody. Okay. Melody? Um, this is just Kia talking, okay? So I'm just going to say what I have to say, and I hope that you can receive it in the spirit in which I'm trying to give it. Um... I know that it feels that when your heart is broken in the ways that it's broken, that um, I'm saying like this, that I know that you don't know how to pray. You don't know how to communicate. You don't know how to have faith when, when the, when the rug, when everything, when you've been, punching your gut and everything that you have ever been taught to stand on has been pulled from underneath you. Um, It's totally fair for you to literally be like, what the fuck? Like it's it's totally okay. Um, So I don't want you to put pressure on yourself um, with respect to how you feel. I will say to you, and this is not me telling you that you should abandon God or turn your back on God. And I know it feels like, you know, you can't, you don't know how to talk to him, but you have to listen to me. You have to believe me when I tell you, at least from my own experiences, now is the time that you have to go to him with your broken heart. And I feel like he can handle it. I had some very candid conversations with God after learning that my brother passed. I feel like he could handle my questions. Um, I know that we've been taught that we shouldn't question God. I know that we've been taught that it's not, you know, it's, it's you know, having doubt, you know, me, like having doubt is, 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 is a threat to your faith. You can't have faith and doubt at the same time. I, I don't, be, I happen to believe that uh, doubt and faith can coexist because faith is a decision. Um, I also feel like if if God if God requires us to if 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 his if his heart for us is that we have relationship with him not that we follow a bunch of rules if we build a relationship with him we build relationship with anyone what kind of what kind of relationship is a relationship where you can't ask questions when you need answers so I mm-hmm. feel like 
in the moments when I was angry at God, when I was confused, when I felt like God hurt me, when I felt like this was an attack, it, it I I learned to tell him. And I learned to ask him to respond to my questions. And it took time, but I got my answers. So I don't know that I can tell you that, you know, it will happen a certain kind of way or that you do these certain things and that you will feel like you once felt. I feel like our faith and our relationship with God is really, really, really birthed in these moments. It is when it is it is when you have nothing else to say, you have no other recourse, you have no one else to turn to and you you decide to turn to him asking him to give you direction, asking him to give you perspective, asking him to help you to make sense of what you thought life was that's now completely different. In my experience, he honored that and very slowly walked me through a process of coming um, to, to terms with what my life is now. Um, and he he's literally like we've taught me how to it taught me how to engage with God in a way that really brought me even closer to him the fact that I could go with him go to him with my questions and really get answers helped me to see his hand and his heart and his love for me in ways that I never ever would have if I was just reciting bible verses like I've been taught or doing things that I thought I was supposed to do. So, Melody, I get it. And there was a time when me, as churchy as I am and have always been, there was months that I didn't talk to God because I couldn't. I just had nothing to say. Other than help. And I literally went to him and said, you're going to have to do this. Like, I don't, you're going to have to do this because I can't, I can't do this. And it took time, but eventually I got to the place where I could hear him again. So I'm not here preaching and telling people that they have to do things a certain kind of way. And I'm not here telling everybody to do what I what I did, but I, I am especially moved by Melody's letter because I know how she feels. And um, take your time and tell your truth and the God that you have always known will find ways to show you that he's never left. I hope that's helpful, Melody. Um, you know, you can always reach out directly. Uh, and I'm sure Kia would be would be would be very happy to, to talk with you. So um I hope that was helpful. We'll move on to our next honesty box. Um <clears throat> it says Good morning, niggas. You can call me Thelma. 
First, let me tell you both how much I admire your passion for educating and supporting us listeners week in and out. So let's get to it. I'm a 34-year-old mother to a beautiful 8-year-old boy. I've been with my fiancé, not my bum-ass baby daddy, for seven (laughs) years, who has been my number one supporter for our entire relationship. So here's where my hating ass mama comes into play because this email was titled My Mama is a Hater. My mom has a very loud personality and is not really appetizing to everyone. Through the years, she has tried to... (laughs) I'm glad this took a bit of a turn, though. Uh, Through the years, she has tried to control everything in my life. She has a very hard time letting go of control over her children. My older brother moved his wife and kids back to Indiana and didn't tell my mom until the moving truck was in drive to save his marriage. So the last few years, my fiance and I have been looking to relocate. uh, And finally, he took a job in Florida about 10 months ago, but my mom had no clue. I try not to tell her anything about my relationship because she's forced me to set boundaries. Otherwise, she'd run him off. Let's not get let's not get into the time she told all of my family my fiance tried to date her what? first. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm, so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Thelma. What is going on? He's currently down there preparing for my son and I to come down this June. We decided we wanted to wait a while before telling my mom about the move because we knew she would make my life a living hell and try everything possible to change my mind or ruin it. We're now down to the last four months before my move, and I finally told her I'm out. The only thing I asked her to do was not tell my son. She immediately started packing her shit, saying she was coming with us. Once she realized she wasn't in a position to move to, she started doing hating ass shit like naming <laughs> off all of the hurricanes that's ever hit Florida since 1991. What I'm so sorry. This on? is so petty. <laughs> right in front of my son. She constantly calls me crying, saying I'm taking her entire world away from her, just like my brother. My mom pushes everyone in her life away and constantly manipulates her way into getting things and taking advantage of people. So now she's made it up in her head that she will be relocating to Florida by the end of the summer, and my fiancé is pissed. How do I respectfully tell my mom that we don't want her to move close to us? I've struggled with anxiety and depression most of my life and have a hard time telling her no because of the turmoil it will cause. Please help. Sincerely, Thelma. Thelma, girl. Girl, uh. I don't even know that. Like, (laughs) I don't even feel like, I don't know. I don't, is there a way, Jay? Is there a way that you could tell your, is is there a way? Because I feel like I would just, I don't know. I feel like it would just have to be, look. (laughs) Like. Here, that's, it's easier said than done. But the fact of the matter is, Based off of this one email, it is apparent that your mother is a handful, and I'm being respectful, um, because I'm not here to talk about nobody's mama <laughs> bad, but and I understand because I understand what it's like. My I love my mother, but I you know there are some things with my mother where I've been like, girl, <laughs> like this is a lot, um, and where she's interjected herself into things where I felt like it wasn't her business and so forth and so on, and it's. I've just had to set clear boundaries with her, let her know what I will and will not tolerate. And I know you said you have a hard time telling your mother no, but the fact of the matter is you're not going to be able to change her. She is the way that she is. Um, Unless she is open 
to go into therapy and trying to find some sort of resolve for some of her issues, which I don't know if that's an option or not. You cannot control her or change her, but you can control your situation. And that's by telling her this is not going to work uh, for it. And if she there, there, you can't control her reaction either. You don't know if she's, she may be upset. She may tell you she's not going to speak to you or what have you, but you've got to set your boundaries. And, you know, if, you know, you're looking to have a healthy relationship and this is also going to be healthy for you individually, having some distance from your mother, then it might be time for you to try to figure out ways to tell her to, for you to just flat out, let her know it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to move down here. And part of the reason we're moving is, is because we need some distance and I'm not telling you these things to hurt your feelings, but I'm telling you to bring you some awareness. And I need to focus on my family. And I have a full life in front of me to live. And I have to focus on myself and my family from here on out. And I think that, that you are well within your rights to articulate those needs and concerns to your mother. And like Jay said, just be prepared for whatever way that she reacts. I would also offer to you that now would be a time that you could lean on your partner around like maybe thinking about like thinking intentionally about ways that you feel like you could be supported um mm -hmm. in, in doing this is it just you know practicing is it is it um you know having him there with you in in terms of presence um just and and just trying to be as thoughtful about how having the conversation thinking about timing thinking about location uh, thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, you know, when and how, what's the best way to have this? And then you just do it, um, you know, trusting that you have what it takes to have this necessary conversation and that you are able to deal with whatever the outcome is, um, you know, because you are, <laughs> you are. Yeah. And you, but you deserve, totally. you deserve some peace and you deserve to, to focus on your family and you deserve to do that without, without that headache and without that extra stress. And so, you know, I know that it's not going to be an easy conversation to have, but it's going to lead to a whole lot more peace in the future. So I hope that helps Thelma. Please keep us updated um, and let us know how, the, how everything goes. We have one more honesty box for our mailbag episode. And we're going to call this listener Lil Debbie. Okay. She says, hey, aunties, <laughs> as an endearment, not as an insult, because the girls be bugging. I'm 24 and just recently graduated with my master's and started working in December. My gift to myself was a trip from New York to Atlanta to see Getting Grown in the friend zone on December. Yay. Uh, th thanks for coming, boo. I lost my grandfather the same day the world lost Kobe and the rest of the victims. Oh. We're very sorry. I deleted social media so I could grieve without continuously being bombarded with the death in the news. My grandfather's funeral was Saturday and my best friend's birthday brunch was planned for Sunday. I knew of the brunch before my grandfather passed, but we obvious but we obviously we can't control when someone transitions. Given the circumstances, I didn't go to the brunch on Sunday because you know grieving. It was also the first time in a while I've seen my family um that came down south, so we spent Sunday particularly fellowshipping and catching up. 
The funeral was Saturday and I got texts from a bunch of people who were sending condolences, including my best friend. I responded with gratitude and let her know that I was not going to make the brunch the next day. The reason was obvious. I just was not feeling good emotionally and did not want to be around a large group of people. She texted back and said, okay, no problem. Let me know if you need anything. Then there's the follow-up text saying there is a $30 no-show fee oh. per no show fee per person and I included you in the reservation so would you mind sending me that $30? I texted back saying everyone I texted back saying everyone my grandfather passed you should have known I wasn't coming could I have communicated that before the day of sure however my priorities since last Sunday have been arranging my grandfather's funeral and making sure that everyone was okay to attend. She then texted me saying she texted me on Thursday to see if I was still coming, but I did not answer. Again, I didn't feel like that needed an explanation, but it was because I was grieving the fresh death of my grandfather. I'd barely been on my phone since Wednesday as the services got closer. She sent me another message pretty much explaining why she included me and apologizing, but I haven't answered yet. My question is, am I wrong for feeling like I shouldn't be responsible for the fee and not sending it? Am I wrong for expecting my friends to understand what my priorities were during that time? We've been friends for 16 years, so this is not something that I see ending our friendship. My feelings were honestly just hurt when I got that text because I expect more from people I call my friends. Am I being dramatic? Looking forward to hearing your perspectives. So. Hello, Debbie. So, um, uh, <laughs> um, I feel like if it were me, I think I would pay the $30. Um, I mean, oh, I'll put it this way. If it's a matter of, okay, if, if, if I had the $30 and could pay it, I would probably just pay it. And then, um, I think I would I would I would have the conversation later around, you know, articulating uh my concerns, you know, letting her know, you know, I felt I felt these ways about that and here's why. Um, but you know, I, I wouldn't want it like I would just pay the thirty dollars because I wouldn't want it like I wouldn't want that to be the hang up, right? You know what I'm saying? So like it's thirty it's thirty dollars. Yeah, I'm just pay it. I would pay but, it, but you know, I have feel a conversation like I would have a later. Conversation when I was in a better, when I was in a better place, because I feel like it. 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 You're. You're grieving. It's not about being dramatic. I just. I think no. that. Um. In your grief, sometimes. I mean, it's and it's completely warranted and valid for you to feel this way. But like when you're grieving, that's like the center of your of your world like you know you, mm -hmm. your your feelings how, how you are dealing you know what you're doing to just kind of get through the day is literally all that's you know you're self-centered in that way um so i mean could your friend have been a little bit more sensitive to that absolutely absolutely um, i'm not i'm not at all doubting that but the bottom line is she wasn't so this is not, right. this is not, I don't feel like I would belabor this by trying to convince her, um, you know, or try to get her to see how this made you feel or try to convince her that to acknowledge that this is right or wrong or what have you. I think I would, I would focus more on just kind of being like, all right, girl, here's your $30. Um, 
and I, I'm going to be over here trying to put my heart back together. We will reconvene. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and yeah. I mean, just kind of, you know, I would just, for the sake of it being over, I think I would just send her the $30. And then when I was probably in a better place to have a more productive conversation, I would. Yeah. Especially if you, you it doesn't sound, you, you didn't say you wanted the friendship yeah. to end and you said you don't think this will be the end of the friendship. But a conversation is in order because I have to say, like, there's a bit of common sense that was lacking there in dealing with somebody who is grieving, who is grieving a, a lost loved one. Right. Um, I can't say if I was throwing a bunch that I would expect a friend to be showing up and I probably wouldn't be hitting them up about $30. But, you know, people like he said, people <laughs> are different. So for the sake of peace. Pay the thirty dollars since that's what you're responsible for, but definitely have a conversation with her about sensitivity mm-hmm. in the future. Um and that's our mailback episode. Do you feel better? <laughs> I got my thing. Right. Here you go. Cash app, <laughs> okay. Venmo, PayPal. What you want, there girl? You Just here. All take right. it. Take it and let me be let me pee, be in happy peace, birthday. please. God bless you. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> so we hope that's helpful please also keep us updated you know we love to read Absolutely. an update and we also love to you know see how you guys are coming along progressing how how situations turned I out and so forth and so on all, all weepy there for by my, by my apologies no, don't don't apologize for that i you know i'm sure that was necessary and helpful to those that it applied to and you know somebody reached out and they needed that from you so that was honest and sincere. And I'm a little tricky. You know, um, I have been watching uh, Kobe's funeral today. Just uh, Oh, I didn't watch it. It was a memorial, but yes. I, I, I did watch that. I said I wasn't going to, but I found myself watching it. And, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Life is hard. We got to deal with it um, as it yeah. comes. But, I mean, just continue thoughts and prayers to everyone impacted, all the families, particularly the Bryans and... Vanessa and the girls and it's just it's just this kind of, this these this is a part of adulting that's like the ghetto but I think I've been wanting to um so I know that there are some other people that I follow who I've been real transparent about their grief journeys like I'm thinking about like mm-hmm. uh Ty Alexander who is you know the gorgeous and gray of the gorgeous and gray blog and um um Tracy May uh, you know just people who I know have are 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 dealing with and navigating grief grief processes um and i've been wanting mm-hmm. to kind of think about ways to kind of engage in a larger conversation about that i think i may be ready i'm probably gonna be crying like i was today but that's something that I, i'd like to do that's I'd like all right to do, um at some point this year so i'm open to it um continue to send your honesty box questions to getting grown podcasts at gmail.com and we will move along to black woman self-care all right i deserve black women self-care my black women self-care um so i had the brunch this week weekend Mm -hmm. I also am be traveling to Phoenix later this week, and I had a deadline in preparation for my meeting in Phoenix. So right after the brunch, I went to work, and then I went to yeah, <laughs> and then I did. went to work on Sunday, and I worked until the wee hours of the morning. So my Black Women Self Care this week is that tomorrow, I will be calling out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Not necessarily. Well, I just, I mean, yes, I'm going to go ahead and take a day. Um, um, because my, my, you know, there's something like, I, it's just, I need to prepare to go to Phoenix and there's some things mm-hmm. that I need to take care of that I didn't get a chance to take care of. So I'm going to make use and I need to I do have some doctor's appointments and things. I'm going to make use of my sick days. I'm not going to rip and run all over creation, trying to make it all happen. I'm going to make my appointments. I'm going to take a sick day and I'm going to be prepared to get on that plane on Wednesday without having, you know, without being yes. distressed. Oh, I'm, I love to hear it. <laughs> I love it. I love to hear it. My black woman self-care this week. So this will be two part because I want to introduce something new. Uh-huh. Um, so first and foremost, for me, I started like sitting down and, you know, in, in my meditation, really also asking myself what I need. Um, I have had this crazy arm pain for like two or three months at this point, and I don't know if I tore a muscle. I don't know what I did, but it's 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 madness. So I started setting myself up some acupuncture appointments, and I went to acupuncture, and it helped it helped relieve some of it. And you know they look for inflammation, and you know they hit other nerves that will help with other parts of the body that ping other parts of the body. It's really fascinating old Chinese medicine, but. Um, so I started setting some regular acupuncture appointments for my arm. And then also, um, I wanted to introduce, so in our black woman self-care, I realized that especially with our love letter episode, we get, and this is also a community, correct? Right. So we're always asking you all to engage. And so we love to hear from you. So why not everybody else hear from you as well? So I'd love for you all to start sending what you did for yourself for the week what your black woman self-care was. And that's based off of uh, an email that we got from a listener, which I thought was really that we would read and would be really dope. Her name is Babs. Hey, Babs. And she said, Jade and Kia. Let them fight. Him. <laughs> yeah. Is it the Babs from the band? It's the D-A. B-A-N-D. It's a D-A. Sorry. Let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> Babs is a legend. We don't speak her name enough. but okay. We don't. Shout out to the Fitted and Weaves. <laughs> Praise him and his ladies doing the good work with your podcast. I recently went through a major surgery and was laid up in bed. Listening to you ladies really did brighten my day, especially this episode. I'm so happy to hear it, and I hope your surgery went well. There were so many little treasures about finding joy that really touched my heart, and I found myself actually making audible sighs and agreements and finally screaming, yes, queens. (laughs) But what really got me was I work from home, right? What really got me was I work from home, too. I realized I hadn't changed up my office space in such a long time. It looks stale and kind of gross. So I decided once I started feeling better to get up and update and bring joy to my workspace. I hit up Michaels, who usually has a sale every single day, which is true, and decided to decorate my office in a garden theme. Um, so she included some pictures and she, she added, she did, she put some organizational things on the walls. She got some, uh, some like greenery, like a garden theme thing, a little reef to put around her frames and her floating shelves. And she's got a beautiful Frida Kahlo up there, a nice nice cork board, just some really dope, um, elements to make her office space more enjoyable. So she, uh, Babs let us know and she sent us these pictures and she said, thank you for all that you do. You keep plugging the hits. I guarantee you this young woman definitely will be listening. Stay beautiful and encouraged as you are. 
Um, and so that's from Babs. So I want we want to hear from you all, your black woman self-care and what you're doing to make yourself built, feel better. That's such a key thing, making your space feel good. It's somewhere that you want to be that makes it inspiring. If it's your workspace, something that's going to motivate you to want to work. If it's your home, something that's going to feel cozy and comfortable or whatever your taste is. If you like that still concrete, mid, you know, uh, architecture type of vibe, do it. <laughs> but anywho, that's our Black Woman Self-Care this week. It's time to be trash again and get on to the petty peeves. Oh, can can can. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. And, you know, the petty peeve is not just a celebration of the ways that Jade and I are petty. No, mm-hmm. no, no. We, we recognize that petty pettiness exists in all forms and and all of us kind of um every every single person has like an in a capacity for pettiness and sometimes we just want to call out the ways in which people that we know or don't know people that we hear of what are the ways that other people are being petty and this particular uh petty peeve uh you know is dedicated to a colleague of mine (laughs) <laughs> who uh you know made brought some things brought some things to my attention last week and i just was literally astounded at the level of petty <laughs> i was just like this is really a thing like you actually called folks out of their offices to raise this trivial concern but mm. uh we have uh i mean just like it's 1988 we have a, a no electronics <laughs> policy during certain staff meetings. Oh, my God. So that means that folks are not to be using, you know, cell phones, laptops, anything that may be potentially, air quote, distracting from the, you know, meetings discussion. So, you know, it's a thing. It's just kind of like the nature of, of um, the culture of our office. So we all comply, you know, it's fine. Um, but some of there, there are those of us in the meeting who wear Apple watches. Now, anybody who has an Apple watch knows that uh, you get notifications. So the notifications that are on your Apple watch, I mean, your phone that come to your phone also come to your watch. Now, if the mm-hmm. convenience of the watch is that you can see who what's happening on your phone without actually having the phone in your hand. But the Apple watch in and of itself <laughs> is really not for me. Like, I don't think. Like communicating via the Apple Watch is little less than convenient for me. So I might mm-hmm. receive a text message and know that I got a text message, but actually like reading it, unless unless the message is literally like, okay, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's like just a very brief message, um, then it doesn't, you know, there's no point. Like you just kind of get the notification, you know that you get, you know, I have a text message when I get to my phone, I'll see it. So mm-hmm. it was raised in the meeting that folks were noticing when our watches would go off. And I was just like, <laughs> so, I mean, like, are you asking me not to wear my watch? Or are you asking me not to look at it? Um, and it was just like, well, you know, um, we have a no electronics policy and your watch is a part of that. 
it's just like so in that moment i had to literally like i was actually i told my therapist about this i was like this was actually was an opportunity for me to note the ways in which i am growing because because (laughs) you know i really wanted to be like that's ridiculous but but what did i say i said okay (laughs) okay if it if you wish if you wish that I remove my watch before coming to this meeting, if that's what you desire, okay. If that if it means that much to you that you that mm. the, that I look at my wrist for point two seconds. Okay. And that's where I would be really petty <laughs> and be like, so I request a larger <laughs> clock. <laughs> in this conference room because i can't see the time because i'm not allowed to wear my watch Ooh. during the meeting so somebody get on the office max and purchase a large clock <laughs> wow that and, is and so extra at my watch completely disengages me from the conversation i said that really sounds like that sounds like um uh, what is it like you wow. are what is the word projection it's projection. This person is mad because they're not getting any text know. messages to check. I don't know what it is. On their wrist. I just feel like, I, I was literally fascinated, I have to say. It was just like, wow. So, like, wow. I'm like, that's wow. That's so antiquated and so just, ridiculous. But you, what if you want to take notes with your I iPad? Like, girl. I recognize that there are some, you know, I think, I talk, to, I talk with my friends about this a lot. Uh, um, those of us who um, work with uh, we have colleagues across generations mm-hmm. and what that means um, in terms of like um, just like norms of like you know just what counts as, as I don't know I guess I'll say it like this we grew up as millennials we are the mul- we are the multiple tabs generation yeah. Literally, there are eight tabs open on my computer right now. Um, Ooh, sure. Yeah. And I and I think and I th- I use that as a metaphor for my mind. <laughs> yeah. There are eight tabs running in my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I'm same. still very much engaged in what I'm doing. Um, but I recognize that perhaps it's that, and I'm not. This is speculation. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. Perhaps it's that other people can't have multiple tabs open. So they hate on you for being able so to do So they don't understand that, you know, me checking my watch does not compromise, you know, me being involved in the meeting. Oh, God. These people need to get over themselves. It's just, is outdated and antiquated. I'm, I'm complying. Well, though. no arguments out you, of me. You, Leave that watch right on that desk. I will put it in my purse. It's time to go into the meeting. Me and my bare wrist will be at the meeting. (laughs) Down to the conference table, girl. I would shake my bare wrist too. I'm coming in with my wrist up. I don't have my watch on. Again, I request a larger clock. I don't know what time it is because my watch can't be in here. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. No watch, no phone. (laughs) So. Get real petty with it. Well, in the vein of other people being petty, and I know he's probably not going to hear this. So, this is about your eyes. You know, I was, mm -hmm, (laughs) I was, (laughs) I was talking to my homegirl, 
And, you know, I was cleaning the house while I was talking to her and I casually mentioned something about coming from out of town and how he washed the dishes but did not wash the silverware. And I was like, he really has this thing where he does not wash the silverware when he washes dishes. And she was like, oh, my God. My husband does not wash the silverware either. She's like, he will literally wash every dish and leave all the silverware in I the sink. Floored. And she was like, is that a thing? I said, clearly, it must be. So my petty peeve what is, what this evening. I have questions. I I don't know if it's like a nigga thing. Ask? I don't know. I'm Where's my phone? I asked him years ago. I was just like, do you wash? I was like, do you wash forks and knives? Dude, I was like, what's up with this? He was like, I just don't like washing silverware. And I'm like, bro. I just don't like washing silverware. Wow. And so my petty peeve is, nigga, wash the silverware. (laughs) Like when you clean the kitchen, you have to (laughs) clean the whole thing. That includes. No, you don't. Like I have to. We need clean There's forks so many and spoons things that I don't and knives. Like to do, but, I have to do. but I have to do them. I don't like taking and uh, emptying the trash. I don't like you know cleaning the toilet seat or the base of the toilet. Like there are just things that I don't want to do, but they have to. I don't like changing the shower curtain liner. I, I actually hate it, but I do it every two you months must. to ensure that we have a fresh shower curtain liner. There are things I don't want to do. I understand you don't want to wash the silverware, but you I must. don't like taking my watch off. <laughs> but guess who has to do it when they enter I the mean. meeting? <laughs> so, you know, washing, I mean, cleaning the kitchen includes washing the silverware. It includes emptying, the like cleaning the sink out. You know, all that food and stuff that goes down, cleaning that little container out, emptying that shit in the trash cleaning the sink out with soap we were having and, a conversation and whatever about this. disinfectant Sophia and, she, and Keisha and I were having a conversation about this uh around um because Keisha was talking about talking about one of her friends who has shared that you know in thinking about marriage uh one of her concerns was you know kind of negotiating uh chores and thinking you know like what like what is the, the level of concern around like what if the way you clean is different than the way he cleans? Oh, it will right. be. Right. And that's like, just so, know that so going that in. was fascinating to me because every married person has that response. So it's just like, girl, get ready. Okay. Like, I'm like, what? It will be. There, <laughs> the, it, w- without question. Right. And also, there's going to be things that you do Absolutely. that he's going to be like, bruh. Right. Like, I know for me, I'm. I, I, I tend to take a little bit of time when it comes to folding and putting away the clothes. It's just the one right. thing that I hate. Like that meme that I love where it says, like, you know, <laughs> washing clothes. It was like putting clothes. It was like separating clothes, putting clo- uh, uh, separating clothes, 20 minutes. Wash cycle, 25 minutes. Dry cycle, 50 minutes. And then it was like folding clothes and putting away, 7 to 10 business days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Because and the thing is, like, I have a child who'll be like playing dress up in her own clothes, then this little nigga goes and she messes up all of the organization that I've done in her drawer. So then all of her clothes are folded. I'm like, ugh, I gotta go put her clothes away. And then, you know, then I I fold this nigga's clothes and then I'm folding my clothes. Now he does do the laundry. Like he he does the laundry. Like he washes, he dries, he does the hanging of the dry clothes. 
And then, you know, I end up doing the folding, especially because I like my things folded a particular way. He'll fold like all the sheets and towels and stuff and I'll do the clothes. But, bro, I just don't like putting it away. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, oh, this is really stressful. This is really, really stressful. And so it takes a couple of days. But when it comes to cleaning the kitchen, you got to clean out the sink. We, yes. You got to wash that bitch out. You got to wash the silverware. Okay. So for our GGBs who are listening, I don't know if you have this same Way affliction. In. I want to know. This is, is this a thing? Pl- yeah. Is this like a thing of your of your of your of your kind? <laughs> <laughs> I am interested to know. With that being said, that is another episode of Gay Road. <laughs> we thank you all for listening always and a party. um Yeah, it's always a party. It's it's wonderful. I love that we have such a vast variety of listeners. There are people from all backgrounds and, and, and religions and creeds and all kinds of things. But I love that it's a space for black people and you all continue to support yeah, us. Man, and y'all, as two black and y'all let us be ourselves, whatever that means, however that shows up. And we really uh, respect you all and thank you all for um, allowing us to do that. Plus, we're going to do that anyway because that's just how we But anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we got... Listen, we both got bets to get into, so listen. Uh, yes, we, we do. want to thank you again for listening. Continue to drink your water uh, because that's always important. And uh, mind the business that the Lord gave you, your business, yours. Yeah. And uh, moisturize your skin. Why, sis? Because your black will crack if it's dry. That's right. Goodbye. <laughs>